What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 82 of the Noise Podcast, brought to you by Noise.co.uk and sponsored by Stereo Brain Records. I am your host, slash your boy, Chris Pugh. And as ever, I'm joined by my very good friend and Mr. Cynical himself, whose voice has returned, Samuel Lewis. Mate, how are we? Are we enjoying that return of the voice? <laughs> I absolutely am, much to the presumable chagrin of all our listeners. I am able to speak at full volume again. Um, but I'll be returning with some optimism today. Feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good, mate. As you can see from the title of this episode, this is our review of Trivium's new record in the Court of the Dragon. Before we get to that, we should tell you who we are. We are the Noise Podcast and we come to you fortnightly on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, basically wherever you get your podcast. me and Sam will be there. The best way to support us is by subscribing below if you're watching on YouTube or by liking or following, depending on whichever service that you use. Follow us on Twitter at Noise Podcast, both me and Sam run that account. Sam, I don't see any reason why we should hang around here. I think we should just get straight into this. What do you think? Completely agree. I'm very excited to do so as well. Trivium's new album is called In the Course of the Dragon. It is out on October 8th via Roadrunner Records. It's the band's 10th album and the follow-up to 2020's What the Dead Men Say. I suppose, Sam, the ideal place for us to start talking about this record is kind of branching off something that I just said, their 10th album. Now, for you, who would have been listening to metal at the time where when Ascendancy came out in 2005, yeah. does it feel weird that Trivium are on double-digit albums for you, considering you were on that train when we were 12 years old? And I, I absolutely was not, as I've discussed many times, I was not listening to metal at all then. So Trivium still kind of feel relatively like a fairly new discovery for me whereas for you you've literally been on this journey since 2005 does it feel weird that we've hit double digits it's strange to think that they've shed the moniker of like young up and coming metal band interesting which yeah it, which it felt that they had for quite some time mm. um i thought that they were still being sort of described as like we were still excitedly talking about the potential of trivia mm. um really sort of like 2008 when shogun came out i think in the second decade of the 21st century then it started to shift to them being an established metal band that you would talk about alongside maybe your lamb of gods and machine which in itself is impressive because they're a generation beforehand um i don't it's not surprising as such because it, it's it's cool that they've made it this far I, and, and because i've followed them like you say since ascendancy and i broke into the main zeitgeist of of, of sort of you know metal and things like that i'm not hit with any surprise it's not like i left them for four or five albums and have returned um, but I think now they have and, and have been for quite a while a established main stage A-list metal band now for probably four or five years. So I don't this this doesn't feel like a leap where it's like, oh my god, they're in their 30s, like Matt Heath is no longer a teenager like he was in 2005. It doesn't feel like that at all. But it's nice to think, it's a nice way of reminding yourself, not just of Trivium being around for a while, they've been consistently really good for a very, very long time as well. Mm. Trivium's 12-year career um, has been really littered with really good albums without, I mean, The Crusade was a little bit of a drop-off, but I don't think it's a bad album. They've had lots of really, really, really great moments for well over a decade now. It's, It's an incredibly impressive resume at this point. Well, I think the graph of their career in terms of popularity would be interesting reading, wouldn't it? Because they had that 2005 moment, a download where 
30,000 people show up to watch them at half past 11 in the morning and ascendancy made them obviously this is me looking historically back again i wasn't listening to Matt at this time but it's with ascendancy they were kind of pipped as this band are going to be one of the front runners of heavy metal for the next two decades that's what ascendancy did and then you mentioned the crusade the crusade didn't completely remove the train from the track but it did halt the momentum shogun and in waves put the train fully back on the tracks and were moving. Vengeance Falls was fine. And then they did Silence in the Snow. Now I am going back quite a while here, Sam, but Silence in the Snow came out in 2015. And on our old podcast, which listening back now, if we ever did ever manage to find the episode, would probably be terrible and we'd be embarrassed. But I do remember actually that we reviewed Silence in the Snow and we were like, this isn't good. And the messaging around this album is really weird because Matt Heafy is doing interviews saying that singing's harder than screaming. And the album's not great. And yeah. there feels like, and in 2015, it felt like there was not no momentum behind Trivium, but very, a much more kind of watered down version of momentum than what we had seen or what we would have been seeing at the end of the 2000s. So at that point, and I'll, I'll ask you what your opinion on this was, but I felt like at that point, the Trivium, because of Silence in the Snow, the weird messaging around the album, the fact it wasn't great, I felt that from that point, Trivium would be always a sizable metal band with a good audience, but would never quite make it into the upper echelons, which their potential showed they possibly might in the mid-2000s. I can't remember, you were talking six years ago, I can't remember what your thoughts were post-Silence in the Snow, but did you also feel that Silence in the Snow was going to be looked back at as this moment where Trivium had kind of been ruled out of the running of being an A-list metal band? That's a really good question. I think that at that time, I think I'd resign myself that their potential to be a great band had, had, had passed. Mm. I, I thought that they would forever be in the hall of very good, you know what I mean, where, mm. where, where they'd never transcended to be the type of band that we thought they would be. Um, because really, like, if you asked me in 2005, I would have said Trivium would have been the band out of that big foursome that would have made yeah. the greatest impact because of what they were doing at the age that they were and what they had the potential to be. I mean, Dying in Your Arms was like on, it was an A-list yeah. radio playlist song on Kerrang Radio um, every every evening. Like it was like, it was the equivalent of a number one hit selling song for, for that era. It was that Tears Don't Fall and like yeah. come whatever, like Through Glass by Stone Sour were like the three massive, massive hits of like 2005, 2006, that type of era. Yeah. Um, and then Seize the Day, uh, Avenged Sevenfold really became big a little bit later that year too. Uh, and that they were, they were really poignant moments. What I felt like Trivium had slipped on or actually come across as part of their songwriting was a wonderful ability to mix the incredibly heavy and technical elements of metal with this real early ability to write a fucking great chorus. Mm. And they and they 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 found that very early. Dying in Your Arms is an incredible, they don't play it live anymore, but it's an yeah. incredible, incredible rock song, incredible metal song. It's and it's got everything that Trivium are great at. It's got all the, the heavy guitar solos, massive chorus, all that sort of stuff. Um, and I was like, man, if they've got three of these in their career, you know, that there's 
you know, there's the sky's the limit because that those are going to be the staple sort of songs that they can sort of rely on. And then they also good shot to the head of trepidation and pull hard on the strings of your martyr. These were just real terrific, terrific songs. Um, my issue was, is I think that over the next few years, his trivium actually actively tried to get away from that. They wrote, they wrote Dying in Your Arms and then immediately thought, hmm, um, let's try not to do that again. And in the crusade, they kind of got caught half and half between writing deliberately poppier songs that weren't quite as heavy as Dying in Your Arms at the time, which is weird to say, but that's the truth on the crusade. Or deliberately explorative, elaborate metal songs that actually kind of lost their thread and they, they stopped finding that balance. I think they tried to try and do all of one and then all of the other. And then every album afterwards, even good albums, subsequent albums always seem like an overcorrection of what the previous one was. If they wrote a pop album, Shogun was really heavy and long and complex. And then In Waves was was heavy, but shorter, yeah. punchier. And every album seemed to be like a different, here, oh, we could do this as well. And at no point did I ever feel during that mid, and I said it's a, it's lots of very good albums, but it felt like they were never quite getting the balance right. They were always just finding a different version of really good. It's like, we'll just do a different version of what we did last time or just go a complete overcorrection. And it never, they never seemed to pull it all together as well as they did on Ascendancy. So by the time that, in a long way to answer your question, sorry, but by the time we got to 2015, and uh, Silence of the Snow came out with no real standout songs, lots of six out of ten. Mm. It was quite dull at times. It lost the, it, it, there was nothing to grab onto. And, and we're massive metal fans. All you need is a few ingredients to really hook us in. And even we were struggling to find that. I, th- I thought to myself at that point, oh, okay, this is where Trivium are always going to be now. They are always going to be a B plus band with two or three A, a plus songs and more of, of an era. And to flip the narrative on that, which they have done over the last three albums, is incredibly impressive. I actually yeah. think it's more difficult to break out of mediocrity into greatness than it is to actually go from below average to average. Um, so, like, for example, um, Wage War had a below average album, the album before we reviewed it last week, and they broke back into, hey, these are a good band again. Yeah. Trivium of, of, of managed to, I think, the last two or three albums break out of these are a good metal band so these are an incredible metal band again. Yeah, yeah. And I think that is a much more difficult achievement. <clears throat> Considering, like you mentioned right at the top, we are 12 albums in. Most bands settle for where they are and, and what they are doing. I actually think that the future for Trivium is more exciting than the last five albums worth of Trivium. Yeah. I absolutely wouldn't say that about Machine Head. I absolutely wouldn't say that about Lamb of God. I absolutely wouldn't say that about Bullet My Valentine. I might say that about Avenged Sevenfold because they're just like a big question mark because you don't know what you're getting with them. But even so, if you said, all right, you could have the last five albums of Avenged or the next five, give me the last five because what City of Evil's on that. Mm. I don't think they're topping that. So that, that, whereas if you said, all right, if you could have the last two albums, what the Dead Men say, and in the Court of the Dragon, plus the next three Trivium albums, or the last five, I mean, it, it, it'd be really tough to weigh up because the future of them is incredibly exciting, and I can't believe we're able to have that conversation. Well, you've made a tremendous point there that I was actually going to ask you about because I wasn't listening to metal for the original boom of Trivium, so I don't know what, it, what that momentum felt like, but listening now, 
we saw Trivium on the back of their The Sin in the Sentence album tour, which was in 2017. And that was an, the, the album that came out after Silence in the Snow. And I felt like that was their statement of, okay, I'm glad you guys didn't give up on us. We can still write great metal songs. And I was excited to see Trivium, but I was I was there because of Code Orange, really. I was desperate to see Code Orange and Peritry is what I wanted from that gig. Dude, we're seeing Trivium next month with Heaven Shall Burn. Great time coming our way. And I'm desperate to see Trivium. Yeah, Off the I'm back really of this excited. album, I am visibly like, like almost frothing at the mouth kind of excitement to see Trivium off the back of this album. How much momentum do you feel, you know, if there's a scale and the momentum behind Trivium after Ascendancy was 10, where on the scale do you feel the momentum compares now? Because I haven't really got a frame of reference because I wasn't listening then. I think it's close. I think it's close to that. I think it's about an eight or a nine. The only, re- the only reason that, um, that I think it's lesser because I don't think the quality is any less, mm. is the fact that because Trivium are established, they're not quote-unquote exciting. Yeah, they're not a new band. thing. Yeah. Right, right, right. And I think that if you're a metal publicist, you're probably more likely to talk about Spirit Box because they're a new, really exciting yeah, band. Yeah, I get that. I get that. You are yeah. about Trivium because... And the thing is as well, like, if you're a Trivium fan, you're a Trivium fan. And if you're a metal fan, you'll get into Trivium, but as an established core group that you're trying to appeal to, um, if you didn't like um, what the dead men say, are you going to enjoy in the court of the dragon? I mean, it's very similar. It's better, I think. Yes, we'll get to all I that agree. in a moment. Yeah. Um, but I'm saying that there's a, you know, is there a rapidly increasing amount of people that will be flocking to Trivium after ten albums? Perhaps not. But what I what I think that they're that they're doing at the moment to say in their um, to say massively positive for them is they're reconnecting with yeah. the fans. That they had or that they had established and maybe went away over the last three to five years. They're not appealing to the new 19-year-old who wants the latest trend in metal or has just started getting into metal and wants something new and exciting. Um, but if you're a metal fan, like I think actually that target audience is people like myself and you who've been in the metal game, what listened to this sort of music for five to ten years and remember Trivium's early material and want them to be great again. Like I, I can still be pulled in by Bullet if it if it, if it was a really, really good album, I could be pulled back in. Avenged Sevenfold have always got my number, and and that's the same sort of circumstance. And I think the momentum there is really really good because I think there's an established fan base for Trivium that is just waiting to to reconnect again. Um, because I I think there's a there's a chance that they could go back to playing sort of ten thousand seater arenas or at least playing that quite regularly moving forward let's talk about the album i'll start with something that you may think is bold but let's see i would say i believe that this is trivium's best album since shogun i would say that this is probably my third favorite trivium album with ascendancy number one shogun second and then in the court of the dragon third uh, are we aligning? Are we off? What do we think, Sam? Yeah, I was um, I was listening to the album this morning, taking like deep breaths to try not to be hyperbolic when listening to this album. Um, I think it's as good as Shogun. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, Maybe and... I'll get there after a few more listens, but yeah. Okay, carry on. 
The reason that I'm not putting it over is I need to re-listen to Shogun and I don't want to jump the gun. And I've heard this new album three times in two days, four times over the last five. Mm. And I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment yeah, when, it, when it. it comes to this, because I've done, I've done that, I've done that before. And then I've gone back and remembered how great previous albums were and felt a bit foolish. Um, so what I will, what I will, what I will say for this is Ascendancy is still number one for me, mm, and yeah. I and I know that in my heart of hearts because I don't, I don't think they've they've written five or six songs better than sort of Pull Harder and Good Chart, and I, I just think that that album is just on its own. Yeah, um, I agree. And I actually wish that if you could, I wish you could almost rearrange Trivium's career where Ascendancy came later. Yeah. If they're built up to it, mm, you know, so I think, yeah, that, yeah. That, you know, if that was their fourth album or their fifth album or something like that, um, maybe we'd feel differently about that band. But that, that's a different, that's a different conversation for a different time. With this, I think um, better than any album in the last two or three albums, they've found the balance between the, the intensity and the aggression of early Trivium with their newfound progressive confidence that they've really started doing since Shogun. And then they revisited on what the dead men say. Um, where they're actually combining these progressive, lengthier songs that they've always been very good at, but they've dabbled with and moved away from and gone back to. But this is also now, whereas previously, when you got a progressive trivium song, you knew it would be kind of melodic mm. and you knew it would be kind of slower. And then you'd be like a big chorus. It'd be like a ballad type number, or at least one of those songs where um, it's like a big, slow, fists in the air, singing along type chorus and not like an actual... Like, like Master of Puppets by Metallica is actually like a hard heavy metal song, but it's long as well. Yeah. Like Trivium didn't write those sort of songs a- apart from obviously on Ascendancy. And I felt that we've seen a return to that style of songwriting where they've actually bridged the gap between thrashy, hard, fast paced, needling metal with also the progressive melodic elements that they've also done. This time they're actually bringing those two things together. And that's something I hadn't heard since Shogun. And that's the reason why I think they're on a par I also want to say that I said really positive things about what the Dead Men say last year or the year before when we reviewed it in the first lockdown, um, which I can't believe is like 18 months ago now. Crazy. But um, I said that one of the biggest criticisms for what the Dead Men say was that it's an 8 out of 10 album with no 9 or 10 out of 10 songs. It didn't have a big Mm. hit single. Mm. Um, This has three. Yeah. Um, there are three absolute barnstormers on this album. Don't tell me, Tron, do you think of the three? I want to see if we've both got the same, yeah. Okay, terrific. And that, I think, has pushed this over the edge for, for mm. me um, because I loved what the Dead Men say. It was really, really good. And I listened to it, a, rare, a rarity for myself, I listened to it a lot afterwards. I often tend to listen to the album in the intense period of time that we review it. Yep. And it does go on a Spotify playlist. And I tend not to revisit, but with the Dead Men, I actually, it actually reopened the book on Trivium as, as a career, I found myself listening to him a lot over the following month. I feel like this is going to do the same again. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't think you I don't think your statement is bold at all. I think it speaks to the quality of this record. The reason why I, I and and I'm with you, like there's a chance that this is but that in the Court of the Dragon is better than Shogun. But I'm with you, and I I feel like that is quite a claim to make and I want to be certain before I make it because I have several times. And in fact, one of the criticisms of me as a quote unquote music journalist, if that's what I would call myself, is I do get very excited in the moment and I do tend to lose myself a little bit and I make these bold claims. And then like you said, a couple of weeks later, I think back, I'm like, "Mm, not sure about that one. And maybe I shouldn't have said that. So 
I'm very confident it's the best since Shogun. I'm, I'm, I feel no trepidation in making that claim. And the reason why I'm so confident to make that claim, Sam, is this is an unusual thing. I'll go straight to two album tracks here, two songs I feel like are just album tracks. No Way Back Just Through and From Dawn to Decadence are two songs that I feel like I, I just put in there to chunk out the album. But they are, in terms of what you could want from an album track from Trivium, they're as good as it gets when it comes to album. When it comes like six, seven out of ten songs to just flesh out the album, I don't think you could want two better examples than from Trivium. And they're my two least favourite songs on the album. And they're, they're the best example of what Trivium can do, if I've made that make sense. No, absolutely. The average quality of this song is better than the average quality of most bands' songs yeah. in this yeah. in, in this genre. If an, if you're saying six or seven out of ten, what you actually mean is it's a six or seven out of ten, ten trivium song. Yeah, but it's like a seven or eight out of ten metal song. Exactly. Yeah, you you've actually made my point much better than I did. <laughs> but, so much more exciting than talking about the songs that are just fine to flesh out the album. Sam, I'm going to go directly to what I feel like is one of the best songs Trivium have ever written and my favourite on the album, Fall Into Your Hands. Yes! Oh my God, mate. Best song on the album. Mate, oh. it's an absolute, it's incredible, that song. It, it, it's, it's, it's this seven minute just piece of mastery, it's really. It, it's, it's a masterpiece. Alex Bench drumming is phenomenal. He plays off the clean riff from Corey beautifully. I think Pound for Pound, it's the best track on the album because it's got um, Matt Heath's best vocal work. It's got Alex's mm. best drumming. It's got the best tempo change on the entire album when it breaks out the chorus. Um, it kind of changes the whole complexity of the song. It's got Corey's best riff in the instrumental. It's got uh, Pablo's best bass lines. And it's it's one of the best songs she's ever written. It's absolutely stunning. I could listen to that song just on a loop over and over and over. Even the violin-led outro is stunning. I am, I am just, I cannot, I am waiting to burst at the gates to see that song perform live. That will be a phenomenal moment. Fall into your hands is a really special moment for Trivium. I completely agree. And it's a return to some cr- classic Trivium elements that, again, they've flirted with at points in their career, but it does seem like there's an element of this pulling together. Um, I remember listening to it uh, the first time and thinking, all right, this has got that big choruses that I used to oh, I heard on what the dead men say, and they're really good at. But what it also has is the intensity and the ferocity of their earlier material too. And one has not been sacrificed for the other. And I've said this before, is, is, is Trivium don't get enough credit for this at all. They write melodic metal songs that do not at all lose any of the intensity, instrumentation or fury of what a great metal song should have, while also not taking away of what the melody of a great pop and rock song needs. Like it's, it's really extraordinary that they're able to really, I think better than any modern metal band consistently. I mean, there might be, songs that you can point to say this is a better version of that but to find eight or ten different songs that do that as well as that every album every three years is extraordinary matt heafy might might need to get consideration of one of the great songwriters of the last 20 years in alternative music for his consistency and we're getting to the point now where if you want to pick a trivium set this for a gig i mean like you are running out yeah. of space how yeah, do you whatever you want yeah well, you know what I mean? And you could just pick 15 songs of the last 10 albums 
fine. Um, and and it's it, the consistency is just it's beguiling at this point. But specifically to fall into your hands, obviously I love I love I love the drum intro. I think it's incredible. Um, the the riff work at the opening is atypical for Trivium. Um, like it's corded. You know what I mean? There's chord play rather than like your standard sort of single note riffs and things like that. Um, really really impressive. Um, the fades just fades into this sort of transcendent finish that just when you think it's over, rotates into this middle eight section. It's like this blistering, wonderful riff. And there's an intensity to these songs that I haven't heard for, for some for some time. Um, this is so, so impressive. And then obviously the, the, the chorus, as ever, there are four or five great chorus in this, but this is probably the best one on this album. And it just it is it, for musically the, the solo at the conclusion. Oh. Um, it's just it's just incredible, absolutely incredible. Um, their ability to 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 stitch together um, harmonies into solos, into riff changes, into um, middle eights, to going back to original choruses but in a slightly different way, or repeating the chorus but changing the instrumentation around the chorus, or repeating a figure from before in a different key. Um, the the, the musical IQ of this album is just off that, the charts. Yeah, that, and this is where I talk about, I, I say, I said this, I said this on the last album and a lot of people disagreed with me because I kind of think they misinterpreted what I was trying to say. And I'm going to try and repeat it now and try and hope that I can actually explain it a little bit clearer. I think Trivium of this generation's Iron Maiden. I don't think that they are the same type of band Iron Maiden are. I don't think they produce the same type of music, but, if you take Iron Maiden in the 1980s, what you got was a decade plus. It was a 1980, say 92, including Fear of the Dark, 12 years of really well-written, intricately, consistently great metal songs that appealed to a set core audience that really did not drop in quality from 1982 to 1992. I'm not trying to say Trivium or Iron Maiden, it all sound like it, but that is this generation's version of that, where really... Mm. Dollars to donuts, you can bet that every album, it's at least going to sound like this. It's at least going to be this good. It's at least going to appeal to this audience. And they do that every two or three years, really, I think, better than anybody else. And then the similarities in terms of the songwriting, not the sounds the actual produced, but the way that Iron Maiden used to be able to, and still can, to a lesser degree, um, stitch together these quite intricate, impressive songs that rotate from progressive metal to fast-paced upbeat metal. Trivium do that, but like a, a modern-day version of in terms of their songwriting structure. And I think that that's, that's where they're going to be for the next 10 or 15 years, where we'll be like in a decade, like Trivium about to bring out their 17th album. Isn't it incredible yeah. that this is still great? Yeah, yeah. And we'll be having that conversation every three years, and that's where they are um, because they, they just are. They've reached a point now where I think there's a maturity um, they've reached that early 30s stage, which is probably like a per a person's peak as an individual, because it's you, it's all your youth and intensity of your 20s is still relatively there athletically, all that sort of stuff. Doesn't but you've gained like a decade of sort of wisdom and integrity and knowledge and dignity. You know what you're capable of, you're much more comfortable as songwriters. You've set, you know what I mean? Like you've set a market about what you can achieve and all that sort of stuff. They know what they're good at. They know what they're capable of. They know it doesn't work. And they're able to really sort of focus on, on what, what, what produces the best Trivium music. And as well for Trivium, they've got away from all the, any toxicity around the band just gets immediately cast out. I'll give respect mm. to that. They had problems with drummers. You just They just replaced the drummer. Yeah. Uh, and and they the, the the members of Trivium now, the five, the five people they've got writing these songs, clearly you can tell 
are the five most committed members of the band to this piece of music. And the progression between what the Dead Men say to this probably shows that, you know, that, that it, it, it feels like a more cohesive unit in the songwriting and things as well. Um, so, yeah, this is obviously in conclusion. This is this is a terrific album. This is album of the year contention without a shadow of a doubt. I agree. It is album of the year contender. One of the other songs that I thought was your nine, 10 out of 10 stargazer of a track. Uh, my other one, I would have gone Crisis of Revelation. I really like that one. It's not It's not the one that I was going to refer to, but I, I really like it. Really, really the great. chord progression on the intro, classic trivium. Matt's vocals saying razor sharp. I think this might be his best ever vocal performance on the trivium album. I think that's a really good shout. I, I, I completely agree. Not just the... Not just the difficulty that he applies, just the actual melodies themselves are so well written. There's this huge uplifting chorus, that section where Matt's shouting right through all to fall when he's in front of like, there's a borderline death riff running behind that real like do-do-dum, do-do-dum chug. Uh, just, uh, just brilliant. And then there's a drum roll that leads to this quite snapping pinch harmonic, which is the hardest thing on the whole album. And I was just so, just this pent of aggression bursting to get out of me listening to it. It's so cool. The other song that I thought this this is a, a ridiculous, amazing, one of the best songs driven and written. You can't ignore the title track. It's no. it's a it's incredible. That title track is. It's every single thing you love about Trivium existing in a track and turned up to eleven. Heathy sounds great. There's a galloping riff on the verse. Matt's clean chorus comes in after the harsh build that the stars have died breakdown. Oh my God, is is just like stone inducing. The, the solo that breaks after that breaks out after that section is ridiculous as well. But obviously, people have already heard in the the title track, so we're not really revealing much there. But then, outside of the three, my three favorite songs on the album, I'm moving down now to tracks like "Like a Sword Over Damocles" and "The Shadow of the Avatar," which are also amazing. And "The Shadow of the Avatar" is very Shogun-esque, isn't it? The Shogun purists yeah. will adore "Shadow of the Avatar." That song's a banger, man. Yeah, "Shadow of the Avatar" was the other song that I was referring to. I thought it I might be. Yeah, really, really love it. Uh, starts off with like this. Well, I said that they don't say I like Maiden, but that uh, that introduction is I am Maiden as fuck. That is yeah, like yeah, so yeah, yeah. the down 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 down. It's beautiful, man. And I was and I was listening to that, thinking, oh, please do like a bigger version of that where there's distortion in the background. and You come back to it, and they do, but like with a vocal chorus and stuff, it's, it's fantastic. Where you listen to a song and you're hoping you're hoping for a certain direction to be taken, then it happens. It's 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 wonderful. So I imagine what watching your children achieve feels like. Um, and it's it's just terrific. Um, the chorus is great. Um, I enjoy the tension of the build up to this groovy head bobbing breakdown. And then there's like, once again, Trivium just like, we need 30, 40 seconds to fill. Do you want to write like a battery era thrash song and just put it like 35 seconds? They, they, they do that better than anybody else. Um, it's, you know, we talk about like what an average Trivium song is in comparison to a band. The average Matt Heafy riff just like his throwaway riffs that are just yeah. like segments in between. Extraordinary. Um, there isn't a bad riff on this entire album. Actually, nope. I think it's just wonderful. Um, again, I love the jaunty solo section. It doesn't follow a traditional rhythm. It's off kilter. It's it's really, really, really impressive. I agree with you that Sword of Adamocles is fantastic. Yeah. Um, the shifting, snaking riff, massive chorus as ever. 
um, this ability to write these incredible guitar-led sections. I don't know how he how he continues and just able to continuously do this. Again, the solo at about the four and a half minute mark near the end, it's just absolutely extraordinary. Um, there were just so many lovely moments as well, like the first 30 seconds of Dawn to Decadence, where they just throw like pinch harmonics out of nowhere. Yeah. And then it's just like three different shifts and changes within sort of the opening minute and a half with drum fills on the main chorus. Um, and then obviously the conclusion, I think I conclusion, I think is really, really good. Um, just this final finish. It's this is an imperious trivium album. It's really, really terrific. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna have to go back to to Shogun. Um, the thing that might might tip it in the in, in, in this album scale is just off the top of my head, my three favorite Shogun songs are the title track, um, Charybdis and Torn Between Sicilia and Charybdis, and uh, maybe Down with the Sky, maybe get sneaks in at third. Um, whereas this has like maybe three or four songs that are on on Shogun sort of level in terms of some of the songwriting and stuff. I just think it's it's really utterly extraordinary. Um, tri- I don't know what the next step is for Trivium, but they should be playing like Gajira sized arenas. This What's is the what difference gonna, at this point? Right. See, this is where I was going to go to now. If Trivium, if, you know, if Trivium we could have looked at in 2015 and been like, oh man, it's a shame that they never really capitalized on their potential and momentum, what they could have been. I feel like it's not too late, Sam. I feel like okay. this album is going to drop into the metal sphere and people are going to really, really fall in love with this album. And the momentum behind Trivium now is huge. A lot of, you know, and a lot of that, again, is down to the brilliant way that Trivium like market itself. Matt Heath's Twitch channel and like the way the band interact with their fan base is brilliant. They've always been a quality live band. I mean, Trivium could have done another three or four Silence in the Snows and I would have been tempted to go to their tour yeah. just because yeah. they're, I've seen they're them, such a great I've seen live them four band. times and I would go every time. That's yeah. Great. They're just such a great live band. Uh, so, you know, like I say, they could have done, they could have said, Silence of the Snow, we're going to release another version of it every two years. And I'd still fancy going to the shows because they're, they're just such a good live band. So all those kind of stars have aligned now, as well as Sin the Sentence was like a good return. What the Dead Men say was great. I think this is like borderline phenomenal, nine. 9.5 out of 10 metal record this it's amazing the the and also something that i haven't mentioned yet this has got my favorite opening to a trivium album apart from capsizing the sea into in waves because x into the in the court of the dragon yes yeah, it's brilliant it's just genius that intro blends so well with the opening of in the court of the dragon it's amazing they're gonna they're gonna open with it aren't they when we see them next yes, month it's going to be amazing. It'll be brilliant. That intro is going to be playing while they're standing on stage and, you, and we're, just, you, you, we're going to be waiting for that first lead riff of In the Court of the Dragon to come in and Matt's first hugging each other and just hugging each other with a beer in hand and we'll be buzzing. And it's amazing. It's genius. Yeah. Looks like um, oh. my only other, the only intro to a trivia I'll take over that is capsizing the sea into In Waves because that's just the best, isn't it? It's yeah. just the best. They'll never write a better intro than that. I don't think. In fact, I think it might be my favorite intro to any metal album. Capsizing the scene into in waves. It's the hardest thing ever. I love it so much. It's why they always do it for their encore, don't they? It's just tremendous. Yeah, it's amazing. It's brilliant. Like they're, oh, they're such a fantastic band. I think I, I've seen Trivium three times. Irrelevant the amount of times I've seen them. Every time I've seen them, I thought this is so much fun. They're so great. That's carried through as well as uh, like Matt Heath's huge Twitch channel and 
oh, we have to mention it. I don't think there's a better purveyor for modern metal than Matt Heafy. He genuinely goes out of his way to promote and help new bands. It's amazing. Like the, there's a small band called Earn, which released a really, really brilliant album this year. And Matt Heafy was like posting it on his Twitter channel. How he even found out about it, I don't know. Earn like a like a, like a small underground band from the UK. I don't even know how he heard about them. But Matt Heafy really goes out of his way to help metal, and he just it kind of portrays Trivium as the ultimate good guy band that you just, you just want to get behind and you want to, you want them to do well and you want to be a part of the movement. And I don't think we need to hope for Trivium's movement to carry forward anymore, Sam. I think, I think they're just going to do it. I, I just think this is one of the best metal albums I've heard in a long, long time. Absolutely album of the year contender. For me, it's, Immediate think, immediate thought is it's my third favorite album I've ever done. I do need to like listen to it a few more times. I listen to Shogun a couple more times to be able to really know. But immediate instinct, it's my third favorite. I think this might end up doing for their career what we hoped that what what we would have hoped their career would have been by 2021. You mentioned why can't they do what Gajira are doing? Ticket sales of the upcoming tour are going to be a big factor in that. But you know what, dude, if Gajira can do Alexandra Palace and the Motor Point Arena in Nottingham, Trivium's next tour off the back of this album, there's no reason why they can't be on in those arenas after this album. So I think this album is going to sell well. I think the Metal Sphere is going to eat it up. I think the ticket sales for the tours are going to be big. I think any festival that books them are going to put them really, really hot the line up anyway. I mean, they're, they're a third or fourth head, they're a third or fourth um, from headline of act anyway. I think after this, they're guaranteed at least third, maybe sub. Dude, I think Trivium are going to fulfill the prophecy that, that we thought they might have fulfilled in the late 2000s. So I think this is it. I think they're going to do it. This is amazing. What an album. Completely agreed. I would. I hope it. Hope it materializes. I really, really do. I want. I want to see that taking place, um, because no band has worked as consistently as as Trivium. Really, just plugging away, building that fan base. And like you say, Matt Heafy is 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 a wonderful human being. Do you know he was at like a park yesterday, just cooking for people. I like didn't know it, that, it, but that doesn't surprise put it, he put me. It, he, put, he put it on his Twitter, being like, "Oh, it's a great weekend. Album's coming out soon. Really, really happy." Uh, just to celebrate, I'm going to be in this park at this time. I'm cooking my speciality. I hope you like Pratana, which I think is like some French chicken thing. And he's just like cooking guy, for man. fans. Like, what What a man. And like, he does that Twitch channel. You're right. And he takes requests. He plays like random trivium songs for people. Like, he like, shows little riffs. He does little covers. And uh, it's wicked. Absolutely wicked. Um, yeah. What? A, you're right. That That is a guy that deserves to be, and uh, from a band that deserves to be at the forefront of, of metal. And I, I, I have, I have hoped too that, that, that they're going to do that here. If not, I actually think that Trivium have a ceiling of being this lauded, heavily followed and obsessed with metal band that never really become like universally popular over on the other side in the same way that like Russian Maiden did like Maiden never had a hit single in the to a contemporary way. I mean, Runs the Hills was never like top five in the UK charts. doesn't mm. need to be. But they can actually build. They can actually build a massive following outside of the traditional pathways, and I think that Trivium, Trivium are doing that, and they continue to deserve to be. If you're a metal fan, they've got to be on. They've got to be one of the bands that you you are 
you know, enamored with because they've got, like we said before, they've got three or four albums that are just tremendous. They've got 20 to 25 songs now that are just incredible. Mm. Um, it's, it's, it's a better resume than most. So you, you might be right. They might be fulfilling the prophecy, which might be the name of the next tri- trivium album, to be honest. If they listen to this, Fat chance of that, but if they listen to this, you're welcome, lads. If they uh, can discuss, if Matt, if you can find Ern, he can find us. Yeah, that's good. That is, yeah, yeah. If you can find we'll Ern, have a shot. Find yeah, Matt, yeah. if you're listening, man, just let us know. Amazing. Uh, that's where we're going to leave off uh, episode 82 of the Noise Podcast. We are going to be back next Tuesday. Uh, we're going to be reviewing the new Craig of the Filth album, and I'm going to look around Ooh. and see. Is cheering what- on it? Brilliant, yeah. Oh, Matt, I'm still really fascinated about what's going to come from that. Uh, we're going to be ruining the new Crowd of Felt album, and I'm going to have a look around at some other stuff that's coming out too. And um, thank you for listening. Give us a subscription on YouTube if you're watching there, or a like or a follow, depending on whichever service you are using. Follow us on Twitter at Noise Podcast. Me and Sam both run that account. Listen to In the Court of the Dragon on Friday. Let it blow your mind. Go and see Trivium next month with Heaven Shall Burn. With me and Sam are going to be in Birmingham having the time of our lives. <laughs> Just hugging each other, drinking, shouting, being silly. It's going to be awesome. Um, it's a, In the Court of the Dragon is an amazing record. Listen to it on Friday. Support Trivium. They're amazing. Thank you for listening. We will be back next Tuesday. We love you. Bye. <laughs>